Welcome to yet another Outer podcast. Today I'm speaking to Outer Senior Legal Project Manager Andrea van Yerden. Andrea, welcome and thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me today. Andrea, next week Outer will be in court uh, where the Outer matter will be heard in Constitutional Court. This is after an earlier finding by the High Court that Outer is unconstitutional and invalid. Now, I want to know exactly why Auto is opposed to Auto. What is Auto? What have you guys done so far? What does the road ahead look like when it comes to Auto? Let's start at the top. Uh, please tell us more about Auto. What exactly does it stand for? And then also tell us what's the difference between the Auto Act and the Auto Amendment Act. Thank you so much, Ilza. So I think, first of all, it's very important to understand that when it comes to road safety on our South African roads, it's of utmost importance that people that transgress road traffic laws are held accountable. And Arta's position from the beginning was that we do promote road safety. Unfortunately, we believe that the R2 Act and the R2 Amendment Act will not lead to safer roads. So the R2 Act, R2 the abbreviation, stands for the Administrative Adjudication of Road Traffic Offences Act. So basically what that means, it's with regards to traffic fines. So when you speed on a highway and you go above the speed limit and there's a camera, it catches you. And then through the R2 administrative system, you then get these traffic fines. So it's important to note that the R2 Act itself was introduced in two metros in the Gauteng area. That is the Twane Metro and the Johannesburg Metro almost 10 years ago to date. So the R2 Act was only applicable in Gauteng. And what's the difference there? The R2 Act is an administrative system. So normally in the rest of the country, what would happen if you transgress traffic legislation you would then get a traffic fine in terms of the Criminal Procedure Act. So that is a judicial process. Whereas in Gauteng, you would get a fine in terms of R2, which is administrative and not judicial from its onset. So that's the big difference. That is what R2 is about. Now, a couple of years back, government was trying to pass the R2 um, Amendment Act. And basically what they wanted to do is they wanted to introduce this administrative system, this R2 administrative system nationwide. So through the Amendment Act, they want to extend R2 to apply or to be applicable across the country and not just in Gauteng. And if we just look at what happened in the past 10 years in Gauteng, it's really evident that the R2 Act didn't give better results. So we can honestly say that it's not like uh, traffic or the roads have been made safer by the introduction of R2. So that's the one thing. So when the R2 Amendment Act was introduced in Parliament, um, Alta picked this up and our team dissected what the R2 Act stands for, what the sections do, and how this administrative system impacts the people of Gauteng, and what the potential impact would be if they roll it out nationwide through the Amendment Act. So long story short, this has been a couple of years in the making, Ilza, that, um, I mean, Alta participated in public participation all across the country with this introduction of the Amendment Act, 
We wrote to the minister raising our concerns. We wrote to the president raising our concerns. And we even presented to parliament about this amendment act and why Alta believes that these acts are, are not going to promote road safety. One of the major issues that Alta has is that we believe that if Artu is introduced nationwide, it will directly interfere with the legislature and the administrative capacity of a local government. So in layman's terms, what does that mean? It means that we believe that this national system that wants to be introduced by national government will interfere in the municipalities and provincial um, entities administering their own road safety systems. And we believe that that interference by national government into local and provincial spheres of government is in direct contradiction with our constitution. So as I understand it, one of the big problems with that is that a local municipality will no longer be able to receive income from the fines it gets on, on the roads in that specific municipal area. Is that correct? Uh, not necessarily. How the current structure is. So for instance, a municipality, if you transgress or you get a traffic fine for driving too fast and the municipality collects that money, 100% of that money goes towards the municipality. But with R2, what it means is um, there is an entity called the Road Traffic Infringement Agency. Now, that agency is an agency of the Department of Transport, national body, and their sole mandate is to administer R2. So what that effectively will mean that when, again, when a municipality then collects this traffic fine, as with the Criminal Procedure Act, they get 100%. With R2, they will only get 50% of that income and the rest would go to the RTIA, the Road Traffic Infringement Agency, which is a national body. So to answer your question, it's 50-50. It's not 100%, but a 50-50. But yes, it will impact their financial revenue stream. And another big impact will be on the road user who gets fined because under the Criminal Procedure Act, you are perceived to be innocent until proven guilty. So you can at least go to court and argue your case over a fine. But if I understand the Auto and the Auto Amendment Act correctly, you're basically perceived to be guilty until you can prove your own innocence. Am I reading it correctly? Let me explain this to you. So we made the distinction earlier between the R2 Act and the R2 Amendment Act. So the R2 Act, which is applicable in Gauteng, does give you an elective to go to court. But remember, it's administrative. So we believe that this whole process is so cumbersome for the normal end user, which is the road user, to use that they'll get lost in the system. So the Auto Act does give you the election to be tried in court. Where the Amendment Act will come in, it will take away that. And a, a national entity will be established called the, uh, uh, the Appeals Tribunal. And then you can then apply to the Appeals Tribunal if you're not happy. And only after that, then you can go to court. So this whole thing about innocent in, until proven guilty we like to put a spin on it. It's not That's not necessarily our problem. Our problem is you won't be entitled to just and fair administrative systems. And that is something that you enjoy under the Constitution. 
Okay, so if I have a traffic fine under the Auto Amendment Act and I want to say no, it wasn't me or I, I was really only driving 65 and not 70, what will I have to do to prove that? Can you take the listener through the whole process and why you say it is cumbersome and will possibly just cause people to just pay the fines even though they are not really guilty? Sure. Um, so I think it's very important to understand where the system or where, where this process starts. So when you look specifically at the Amendment Act, there's a clause called clause or section 17 in the Amendment Act saying that you have to receive a notice. So an infringement notice from the RPIA or the issuing authority or the municipality where you incurred this, this fine or this alleged fine. They need to send you a notice. Now, in terms of the original Auto Act, it says that that notice needs to be sent to your official postal address. So your PO box a number, it needs to be sent there in order to be uh, determined to be effective. Where When the Amendment Act came in or wants to come in, it will amend that, that the RTIA now has the choice on how they want to send you this notice. And they can even elect to send it to you via SMS or email. Now, that in itself, Alta has a big problem with because depending on the consequences or there are major consequences attached to you not answering or not acting on this notice that you receive, we just believe that that, that manner of service is completely inadequate. That being said, so now you have to receive this notice informing you of your infringement. So that's an infringement notice. When you receive an infringement notice, you have certain electives that you can choose. Those electives are the following. You can either choose to pay the fine, and that's what Alta believes should happen if you are indeed guilty. If you drove too fast on the roads, you should pay the fine because you did not adhere to the speed limit. So you can either elect to pay the fine, or you can elect to nominate the driver. So for instance, I'm the registered owner of my car, but my mom borrowed my car for the day and she incurred the fine. So I can now elect to nominate her so the RTIA or the issuing authority can send her the notice and she needs to pay for it. Or the third option is you can uh, make a representation. So for instance, you can then apply and say, but I wasn't even driving that car. That's not even my car. My number plate has been cloaked. Whatever the reason is that you feel aggrieved by this notice or this infringement notice, you can then uh, make a representation to the issuing authority. Now, all these modes on how you elect to nominate the driver or to make a representation, you have to fill in an R2 form. So you literally have to go on, on their website, download that form, and then fill in that form. And that form is uh, basically a statement under oath. So you have to go commission it before a commission of oath, normally a police officer, etc. So then you submit it and you, you send those letters. So those are your options when you get an infringement notice. If within 32 days that you do not respond on that infringement notice, you then get a courtesy letter. That's another notice. It's a courtesy letter from the issuing authority saying, We've issued you with a fine. You didn't respond. Here's a courtesy letter informing you of it. So please pay the fine or make a representation. You will note that during this phase, the election of nominating a driver falls away. 
then you don't have that recourse anymore. So you can then either pay the fine again, or you can make a representation. If you did not respond with regards to the courtesy letter, then they issue an enforcement order against your name. And this is where the problem comes in also, is that once an enforcement order is issued against the registered owner of that specific vehicle, you will not be able to renew your driver's license or your vehicle license. So it blocks you from doing anything else until that fine is paid and the enforcement order is lifted or a remedy that you can use is to apply for a revocation of the enforcement order. So that is the general administrative process in both the R2 Act and the R2 Amendment Act. The big difference is, is once you've got an enforcement order against your name, or even if you get an infringement notice, in terms of the R2 Act, you can, as one of your electives, elect to be tried in court. So you can skip everything and you can just go directly to court. That is what the R2 Act says. The Amendment Act takes away that elective. And it says that after you've made a representation or you nominated a driver, you can appeal to the appeals tribunal. Once they've given their outcome and you're still aggrieved, only then can you go to the courts. So this is just really in a nutshell minimalistic what the R2 process, administrative process entails. And as you can see, again, it's so cumbersome that we believe that when people are faced with this, this possibility of this administrative system, just purely to don't that they don't want to go through the hassle, they will just pay their fine. So you can kind of argue the fact that they would kind of be coerced into paying something that they don't necessarily want to pay on or are not guilty of actually paying. And to me, as a layperson, it sounds like it can open the door for bribery as well, because if instead of uh, getting a fine, you might slip the traffic officer uh, some cool link money just to not get a fine and go through this whole process. But Alta took this matter to court and the High Court agreed with you and it said it's unconstitutional and invalid. What exactly does that finding mean? Thanks so much for that question, Ilza. I think it's very important that people understand. So um, in law, you have your different hierarchies of courts. And we all know that you have a magistrate's court. That's the lower courts. You have the high court, which is a higher court. You have the Supreme Court of Appeal, of course, where you can appeal your matter. And then the apex court in our country is the constitutional court. So if we just look at the R2 Act. So Alta went to court asking the court, the High Court, that was our first court of instance, asking them to declare this legislation as unconstitutional and invalid, which they did. But practically what it meant was the court agreed, the High Court agreed with Alta that this on its face value looks unconstitutional and invalid. But the practical implication is not yet set in stone because only one court in our country can officially declare legislation unconstitutional and invalid, and that is the constitutional court. So for now, this whole judgment of the high court is dependent on the constitutional court confirming that. So what does that mean? It means the constitutional court now needs to rubber stamp this judgment to say that, yes, the High Court got it right, 
And we also believe that these acts are unconstitutional and invalid. And until such time as the constitutional court declares or rubber stamps this judgment, government can still proceed if they want to. So that is why you are in court again next week, uh, in Concord this time. What do you expect to happen next week? Will it be a formal hearing? Will you submit submissions? Yeah, what exactly can supporters expect to hear after next week? So next week is going to be a very interesting um, matter before the court. So as I mentioned earlier, the Constitutional Court now needs to rubber stamp, confirm uh, the judgment of the High Court. And some interesting developments happen. So in our initial court case, the High Court matter, we were a couple of parties, but the most noteworthy parties were the Minister of Transport in his capacity as the Minister, and then also the Road Traffic Infringement Agency, the agency responsible for the administrating of R2. So those were the two big names that were presented in our High Court matter. But now that we're in the Constitutional Court, the RTMC, which is a different entity of the Department of Transport, is a Road Traffic Management Corporation, was also joined to this matter, they also do not agree or they oppose the fact that uh, these acts should be declared unconstitutional and invalid. And then also the city of Cape Town municipality also joined this case, but they say that R2 is unconstitutional. So they are joined as a friend of the court in this matter. So what will happen next week, Tuesday, we will go to court and all the parties have the opportunity to submit oral argument. We already submitted our written arguments as to why we as outer believe these acts are unconstitutional and invalid. And the other parties submitted their reasons why they believe that the High Court made a mistake in declaring this as such. So written arguments were presented already or were sent to the Concord. But now we need to go present oral arguments. And well, most probably what will happen is some of the judges will have some questions that need clarity. And then afterwards, they would then go and decide whether or not they're going to rubber stamp this, approve this confirmation application or not. Um, we don't foresee getting judgment on the day, um, on next week, Tuesday. But stranger things have happened. We don't know. We're hopeful that this matter will be resolved as soon as possible. But if we don't get judgment um, on the day, we will most probably get get judgment uh, as soon as possible from the Constitutional Court because there are a lot of risks attached to this, especially for government. There's a lot of uncertainty and government needs to know whether or not they can proceed with R2, the national rollout or not. There's a financial implication. So I do think that the Constitutional Court will find this to be a, of an urgent nature and therefore, they will also conduct it as such and give us give us judgment as soon as possible. Andrea, we get a lot of questions. Um, we see a lot of questions in newspapers and on social media about the current laws, what is going, what's not going, and uh, can they withhold my license, things like that. In short, without us still being in court on the auto matters validity and constitutionality, what advice would you give listeners about fines that they're receiving at the moment? So thank you for that, Ilza. I think, first of all, just remember, as a law-abiding citizen and ATA also, again, we promote road safety. So please adhere to, to the road traffic signs. And if you don't and you get a fine, pay your fine. That's just the responsible thing to do. 
But if you are aggrieved, if it was not you, if you don't want to pay the fine, then we strongly suggest that if you're situated in Gauteng, you affect one of the elections. Either you pay the fine or you make a representation or you nominate the driver or the last one you elect to go to court. That is very important that you still uh, exercise these electives. If you're not based in Gauteng, then you, you can directly elect to be tried in court and to argue your case, alternatively pay your fine. At the end of the day, when it comes to road safety, yes, government has a responsibility to create infrastructure or to create legislation that enables us to be lawful citizens. But it's not a one-way street and it is a, a, a dual responsibility. Just as much as government has a responsibility to provide these structures, we as citizens have the responsibility to adhere to those structures. So when it comes to road safety, you are part of the solution and please don't be part of the problem. And that is Andrea van Jedens. She is Alta's Senior Legal Project Manager and she today discussed Alta and Alta's upcoming court case in Concord on this matter. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends. And if you like Alta's work, please support them by donating to them. You can read more about the organization and everything they fight for at www.alta.co.za. I'm Ilse Salzwedel for Alta.